Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Well, good morning, LBCF. We are so excited today. Um, If you don't know, today is Baptism Sunday. And we're excited that five of our own um, have decided to take on um, just this, this, um, this process of being baptized into Christ, into the body of Christ. And we're so excited that um, this is the first time we've had it since the pandemic began. And so we're, we're, um, I know there's a lot of visitors with us today, and we're thankful that you can join us in witnessing this momentous occasion. But we also have, um, we also have um, some child dedications afterwards, and then... We have a special, like, announcement that's going to be um, offered up by the elders. But right now, we are um, talking about baptism, and I am one of the uh, co-pastors of LBCF, along with Barbara and Ryan, and each of us are just going to share a portion of what baptism is. And so I'm going to begin by just talking about baptism in terms of being baptized into community. Now, about two months ago, my wife and I were actually in Barcelona, Spain. Uh, we spent five days there. If you've ever been there or you've seen pictures, the one on the right is uh, the Sagrada Familia. It's, it's the most famous, you know, uh, cathedral in all of Spain and, and famous pretty much all over the world. But Anthony Gaudi was the architect who created this. And if you've never been there and are able to somehow get there, I would encourage you to do so. It was just phenomenal just being in there and just seeing how um, Anthony Gaudi was so shaped by nature. He spent a lot of time in nature looking at um, plants and animals and trying to incorporate the natural world into anything he created. And his most um, famous um, architectural pieces was the um, Sagrada Familia. And it was this amazing... um, thing where, you know, he was able to create. But there were some scientists that noticed that this actually looked a lot like a termite colony that was found in Africa. And they were amazed that here was this, like, thing that was created in the natural world that so much looked like one of Anthony Gaudi's um, uh, creations. And, you know, uh, we don't have these, at least not in, in La Mirada where I live, But in Africa and Australia, some of these termite um, um, colonies can build these structures that are like 30 feet high. And and if you look into those um, structures, these termites somehow are able to build these things so that they adjust to the climate. If it's hot or cold and they have this ventilation system where it acts like a giant lung, where oxygen flows in and carbon dioxide flows out where these shafts like, you know, start out big in these tunnels and they become narrower and narrower until all this like carbon dioxide is able to move out and heat is able to move out. And there was another researcher by the name of Lewis Thomas that wrote this. When three or four termites are collected together in the chamber, they wander aimlessly. But when more termites are added, they begin to build. In the presence of other termites in sufficient numbers at close quarters, that produce work, they pick up each other's fecal pellets and stack them in near columns. And when the uh, columns are precisely the right height, the termites reach across 
and are able to turn these columns and create perfect arches that form the foundation. No single termite knows how to do any of this. But as soon as there are enough termites gathered together, they become flawless architects. Sensing, sensing their distances from each other, although blind, building an immensely complicated structure with its own air conditioning and humidity control. Now think about that. Two or three termites inside a chamber are just bumping into each other, walking aimlessly. But the moment you begin to gather more and more instinctively, they know what to do. And they're able to like build these like crazy like you know homes without a floor plan but God has just like somehow embedded this knowledge within their DNA and it's amazing thing what happens when termites are able to gather in community and I honestly believe that within every person God has embedded this ability to build the kingdom of God but somehow because of sin and how sin has entered the world you know, we, we, we allowed us to become compartmentalized, to become isolated from one another, to become selfish. And we know that during the course of the past week and two weeks and even, you know, the past months and years, we've seen the violence. We've seen the violence throughout the world. And especially the past week with all the things that has happened in, in the schools, um, just the, the sadness. But, but, God has given us each the ability to access this thing that if somehow we understood that we were meant to be in community, we can actually build something beautiful and something great. And you know what Paul says is that in Ephesians 4, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. There is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And this one baptism that we are participating today is the same baptism that's going to happen after, uh, and this afternoon with True Vision Church. It's the same baptism that's going to be happening all over the world and in the countless churches that are going on. What the scripture says is that we are all one. And I know sometimes it's hard to remember, but Paul also says, in 1 Corinthians 12, we were baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether you were Jew or Gentile, slave or free, you know, we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so Paul uses the words that we were baptized by one spirit to form one body. And I know when things get dark, when I know like I'm experiencing pain and there's like, a lot of questions in my heart, and I'm trying to figure out whether I should, like, punch a guy out or, you know, just, you know, just enact revenge. When, when there's a dark night of the soul, when I'm feeling lonely and afraid, I think what Scripture calls us to do is to remember your baptism. Remember your baptism because in that remembrance, God is telling us that you are not alone. That if we would only remember our baptism that was enacted by the Spirit, we can enact or actuate that DNA, that, that thing that was embedded into our DNA to do good. 
but also understand that our spirituality or our spiritual formation was never meant to be done alone. Because when we're doing it alone, we become like that termite that is just wandering aimlessly, purposelessly. But when we begin to gather together in communities, it's then and only then that we begin to understand what love is. Because our our spiritual life, our obedience to Christ was meant to be done in relationship. That's the only way you can obey the great commandments. And so we participate in baptism today because the five people are saying we want to be part of the body of Christ. We, we were coming together to be identified with the worldwide believers and to say we are committed to doing this together, to building up God's kingdom. And I know if, you know, um, we can all, if, if you haven't been baptized yet, I ask that you would consider, like, participating in this. And that for those of us who have been baptized or are going to be baptized, remember your baptism. Don't think of it as this one-off thing that happened in the past. But even if you can practice it daily, remember your baptism. Remember who you are. Remember who you belong to. And together, we can create something beautiful. Wow. I don't, I'm not sure I've ever followed a termite. So... I, I want to I talk about snails. <laughs> and you think I'm kidding. I'm going to tell you guys about snails right now because um, I remember the summer of snails that happened in my neighborhood. I lived at 2135 Primrose Avenue, Alhambra, California, 90813. And um, up and down that street, there was a bunch of us. There was Ellen Kawano, and there was David Binkley, and there was Glenn Sherman, and there were many others. I'm not going to give you all those names because I have a limited time to tell you about this whole snail incident. But uh, that summer was just full of snails. Snails were everywhere. They were crawling on the ground. They, we found them in the trees and in the backyard of a specific house that was not mine but where we all played all the time. That mom had put a tent up for us to play in that summer. And guess what we did in that tent? We collected snails. We also made smaller children maybe put a few of those snails in their mouths. There may have been escargot before we could even say that word happening on that street that summer. What was really happening, though, was that we, the young people, the children, we were becoming a family, and we were also very different. And as all of us have grown, David and Glenn and Ellen, Monica, all the names, me, we're all so different. But we are united by that summer in the craziest way because we were family that summertime. And that's kind of who God calls us to be. And in that place of baptism, there is an acknowledgement that I will eat snails with you. No. But kind of, kind of, there is an acknowledgement that this is, this is my place, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there with you. And we're going to do some wild and wonderful things. 
and I may not always like the way the slimy snail tastes in my mouth, and yet I choose to be family with you. And that's one of the things that I think is so very, very important about baptism, is that it acknowledges out loud to our families that we were born into, to our friends that have become family in the same way that my friends and I became family that summertime, and then to the family that is Long Beach Christian Fellowship, this particular family that God has called us to partake in in this season of our lives. Um, when I was thinking about scripture, I was really um, fascinated by Cornelius and his family. He was a Roman centurion, and he was the first Gentile that was baptized, that at least we read about in our Bible. And in Acts 10, it tells the story of Peter coming to Cornelius's house. And after he's baptized with the Holy Spirit, he is baptized in water and his family along with him. Maybe, no one knows if that's really true, but that's what some of the commentaries will tell you. But the point is, baptism is also a boundary breaker because Peter was a Jewish man who followed Jesus and Cornelius was a Gentile. And this was the first record of boundaries being broken through baptism. And we always want to emulate this Jesus. We always want to follow this God who calls us to amazing, strange, weird things like eating snails and being baptized. And he wants us to break all the boundaries that get in the way of loving one, one another and loving our neighbors as ourselves and allowing them, in fact, inviting them to become family with us. Well, I didn't know we were going to take such a creature snails route this morning or else I would have come prepared with more anecdotes. Um, <laughs> but what a beautiful day it is that we have to celebrate with each other. And one of the first things that Jesus did when he came out of the desert after his temptation was run to the river. Because he knew even though there was no sin to be washed off of him that there was an invitation to that, that invitation to community, to family, but also as a symbol of something that would define his posture of his entire ministry. And that is why before he started to preach, he wanted to make sure that he participated with this beautiful thing called baptism. And we see in 1 John 3, it says, This is how we know what love is, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And it is no accident that in the baptism, we are laying down our life and picking up a new life. That in that water is not some sort of magic, but as a symbol of a participation with this daily reality of what we are called to be for each other. That that is the unique reality that the church is called to that actually is the invitation for a weary and hurting world. That is where it is good news for the poor. That is where it is good news for all, is that we are all invited into that water, that daily baptism where it says Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay our lives down for our brothers. 
If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Then this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. As we participate today, and as the five people who will be coming forward, we get to celebrate that the family of God and the, and the shared participation with this daily laying our lives down is, is something that should bring us great joy because the more of us that agree to do it, the more of us that agree to lay our lives down for each other, the more that that is a mutually agreed upon posture towards the way we are meant to love and live with each other, the easier it becomes to do the work of the church.